So it's an opportunity to really dive deep and be able to interact with the field of study that they're interested in and be able to have hands-on practices with whatever field they are working in. Welcome to Wolfpack Career Chats. This is Marcy Bullock, the creator of a podcast which helps college students who are seeking a fulfilling, healthy, and successful work and personal life. This season, we are focusing on versions of you, who you were, who you are, and who you will be. Enjoy. Hello, Wolfpack fans. Today, we have Dr. Katherine Showalter on the call. Hi, Dr. Showalter. Good morning. It's great to have you today. We're going to talk about undergraduate research, but before we dive into that, can you tell our listeners a little about you? Sure. I'm Dr. Katherine Showalter. I am currently the Associate Director of the Office of Undergraduate Research, where I do a lot of work with our undergrads as far as finding mentors and opportunities, professional development related to research, funding, and other sorts of topics related to research. I hold a PhD in linguistics. I studied second language acquisition at the University of Utah, where I studied how written forms of words either inhibit, interact, or even um, help folks learn the spoken forms of words. Did you study that as an undergraduate as well as for your doctorate? I did not. So I, my undergraduate degree was in speech pathology and audiology, and then my master's and PhD are both in linguistics. Very, very cool how your path has twisted and turned because I'm always interested in that. And I'm curious, did you think when you started college, you'd be doing the job you're doing now? Not at all. Not at all. So I started out thinking that I wanted to be a German teacher and then realized that I enjoyed language, but not necessarily wanting to, didn't necessarily want to specifically focus on German. And that's when I switched over to speech pathology and audiology. I really enjoyed all of the, the brain items that go with studying language and thinking about how people produce languages. And so I majored in speech pathology and audiology, minored in linguistics. So I did have a common thread throughout those. And then when I was looking at graduate schools, I realized I didn't really want to do clinical work or I didn't think that would be a good fit. And that's when I switched over to linguistics as a focus where I could thread all of the, the biological items um, that I was interested in into an area as well as looking at like pedagogy and how people were actually learning. And when I was doing my PhD, I had an opportunity to work in an office of undergraduate research and really enjoyed that. And so when I graduated, I worked as a faculty member for a few years and really enjoyed teaching, but missed being able to assist others with research. And so that's what brought me back to an office of undergraduate research. That's a great story. I, I can relate to it because when I was an undergraduate, I also studied in the humanities, yay, power to the humanities. And I volunteered in the career center at UC San Diego. And I was like, how can I actually just stay in college forever and never leave? So I went on to grad school and ended up working at a career center. So I would love to have you dive into what is undergraduate research? 
Yeah. So undergraduate research is an opportunity for our undergraduates to become part of the scholarly community. And what that essentially means is if students are familiar with reading academic articles in classes or thinking about questions that they might have in particular areas, undergraduate research is the opportunity for them to ask questions or gain knowledge or create something if they're in the arts. So it's an opportunity to really dive deep and be able to interact with the field of study that they're interested in and be able to have hands-on practices with whatever field they are working in. That's such a wonderful service that your office provides. And you mentioned some people could be even in the arts because I think there may be maybe a myth that well, we're at a research one university and it's a STEM school and everyone does research in that side of things. Is this for every single college? Absolutely, yes. Our office provides support to all 11 undergraduate facing colleges at the university. And you've hit on one of the biggest misconceptions that we have with students, which is the idea that if I'm not in a STEM major, then I can't do research. And really, any and every field has research, anything that's going to be a process for students. So if you have a question or you want to gain more knowledge or you want to create something, anytime you go through a process to answer a question or gain more knowledge or create something, that will be research. So anyone and everyone can take part in research. Fantastic. And I never heard that definition before. If you want to create something, that gets me excited because everyone has some kind of creative side of themselves. And it's it's just fun to think about like what's something new I could create that no one else has created. Well, let's talk a little bit more about what is required to get involved in this. Do you have to have a certain GPA or do you apply? So some of some of our programs and then some of the other ways to get involved across campuses do have requirements associated with them. Some of them are based on an application. Some of them aren't. So this is kind of a it depends situation. Really, anytime students want to get involved, they are welcome to begin their research or creative endeavors. There will be some areas where faculty and staff with whom students might be doing research really want a student to have a particular class or a particular experience under their belt before they begin. And then there will be some who are excited to help out our undergraduates and get them trained or have that foundational experience so they can either continue working in a research space with that particular faculty or staff or move into other research spaces. And then as far as requirements go, of course, we want to make sure that students have both the time and you know, brain resources to be able to maintain well-being within themselves, to maintain their other courses, and to maintain any research that they get involved in. So that's probably the biggest requirement is that students can take on an extra thing to be able to do. Right, be able to budget their time and put their time into their academics. What are some really interesting things that students have done? I'm sure you have a long list. Is there anything that pops up in your mind that just is the coolest opportunity yet? Good question. 
it's always tricky to to discuss because everything is just so interesting, whether it's something that I can relate to, something that I've I've studied or I've been interested in, or something that I'm learning for the first time. So a lot of the engineering things need to be explained to me. I'm not familiar with that field, but I really enjoy seeing students' faces when they talk about their research. So honestly, the coolest projects are where the students get the most excited about telling others about the work that they're doing. We've had some students in the last year go out to the coast and do dive projects with sharks and seeing their migratory patterns and which sharks were having babies and how many and where and sort of what they were eating and all of these sorts of items related to shark behaviors. And so the photos from that were very, very neat. And they were using a tracking system to be able to place them on a map to showcase where they were. We've had textile students who were able to combine a variety of fields to showcase both their artistic abilities as well as some of the technical components of printing textiles or bringing those textiles together to actually create something. So that was pretty neat. But really, there's just so many cool projects to be able to to choose from. How exciting. So it's definitely not just being in the library. Absolutely not. Yeah. We we tend to like to describe places where students are doing research as research spaces rather than labs. I think labs gives, again, kind of that stereotypical view of this is what research is versus what it can be. And research spaces allows us to really indicate to students that research can happen in so many different places. So it could be the library. It could be in a museum, it could be could be in a lab somewhere, it could be in the great outdoors, it could be if you are perhaps a business student with businesses in the Raleigh area or an education major, maybe it's going to K-12 schools. So research can really happen in a lot of different places. So it's not necessarily being in a laboratory mixing chemicals, it could be, but spaces. I like that, that's helpful. Why do you think a student should participate in research? Students are really busy. They have their social lives. They're being told that they should get good grades and they should do an internship. What's the difference between an internship and research and why do research? I think research is a wonderful way to test run a field and test run something that a student is interested in. So First of all, research is a way for students to get one-on-one mentorship with a faculty or staff member, and that is going to be something where over time you're cultivating it, that faculty and staff member is seeing the student navigate ups and downs in research, think critically about an area, and so that's going to be someone who will be a really great letter writer for recommendations or serve as a reference versus other folks, so that's definitely a bonus. Research is a great way to figure out if it's A field is something you would like to partake in or not. So you can get into a research experience and see, is this what I thought it was going to be? Is it not? Is it a little bit different? What sort of skills can I gain to parlay into other environments or into other spaces? So even if it doesn't end up being something a student wants to do, they're gaining academic, technical, professional skills to be able to reflect on and hands-on experience, which is, of course, something very important 
whether a student goes to grad school or into the workforce, because employers, grad schools like to see that you can take the knowledge you're learning and actually put it into a different environment beyond the classroom. So it's a great way to gain skills, to gain professional relationships, networks, and really test run something that you're interested in. Well, you are speaking my language from the Career Development <laughs> Center here. And honestly, I don't even think there's a big difference between an internship or research. It's just these words that we throw around. But anytime you get career-related experience, that's where you get to test run. I love that phrase, to test run it, and you learn all these wonderful skills and the mentor relationship. It's hard when you're at such a big university to connect with your faculty members and have them write a really intentional and detailed letter of recommendation. But after you've worked with them for a period of time, that would be a, a big benefit. What other perks are there, Dr. Showalter, that relate to undergraduate research? Do you get paid or credit? This is always a great question. Students love to know about credits and payment, and both of those are an option. So we have some programs that are payment-based. So we have research assistant positions. We have a number of those, and again, open up to any students in any discipline where students can get paid an hourly rate to do research. And there's not really too many limits on that as far as hours per week or you know, what it is you're doing. We wanna make sure that students are having an intensive experience and gaining any skills or knowledge that they need to out of that research experience. So we do monitor it somewhat, but there's definitely the option to get paid as a part-time employee. There is the opportunity to get course credit. So often our juniors and seniors who have a little bit more wiggle room with electives will be able to take courses such as an independent study where the course content is a research project. So they get to work over the semester specifically on that particular project. We also offer funding for the project directly. So our office provides OUR awards each semester for materials and supplies for projects, if that's something that a student needs. And then we also offer travel funding through our office for students who are accepted to present at a conference, because of course a conference experience is a really important experience to have, a great thing to get under your belt as far as presenting and skills and networking. So we also wanna make sure that students can get to those conferences and we provide funding for that as well. Where are some cool places people have gone to travel and present? That sounds like such an honor for a student to be able to do that. Absolutely. We've had some students travel quite extensively into some very neat places, usually for disciplinary conferences. So our office does take students nationally to conferences such as the National Conference on Undergraduate Research and other places, but disciplinary conferences go to maybe some cooler places that take students across the globe. So we had a few students this year who were going to Japan for a conference. We've had students go to Puerto Rico. We've had students go out to the West Coast, to Seattle or Portland or places in California. Um, we've had students go to England for conferences. So really anywhere that a disciplinary conference or other type of conference might be held, students can travel to it. I know you have a big event coming up here on campus. Can you share a little bit about the symposium and how that benefits a student by participating at the end of their research? 
Absolutely. So we hold two undergraduate research and creativity symposia per year. We have one in the spring and one in the summer. In the spring, we offer poster presentations, oral presentations, and performances and exhibits and other presentation types. Um, in the summer, we, are, we offer poster presentations. Um, in addition to the typical printed poster, we also have digital posters, which is kind of a neat addition to being able to present. But both of these are really great opportunities for students to get a sense of what it means to present research, what it means to communicate science, what it means to interact with other fields and think about how do I indicate what I've done and what the impact is to folks within my field and outside of my field. It's a great way to network, to see what's going on, to see what students are doing, to see what faculty are doing, to see who mentors are in case students are wanting to get started and haven't found somebody yet, they can see what students are doing with a particular mentor. So it's a really great way for students to get a conference style presentation under their belt and then also be able to network and get a sense of what it means to share their work. Wonderful. And where and when is that this spring? Yes, our spring symposium is April 25th and 26th in Tally. And on the OUR website, folks will be able to find a detailed schedule as well as other information. And the symposium is open to all guests. So anyone who would like to join us or chat with folks is welcome. Thank you for that. We will 100% link up to your office. What is the best way for a student to start if they listen to this and think, I'd like to check it out? Absolutely. So we are happy to discuss anything and everything related to research with students. Students can drop by and meet with a staff member. They can meet with a student ambassador if they would prefer to have a peer-to-peer -peer conversation. We offer appointments on the advising technology site, but we are happy to just talk through research with students to talk about what is research? What might it look like in my field? How do I find a mentor? How do I find an opportunity? We're happy to be the resource and scaffolding needed to start with research. That is so reassuring. And for a student who maybe is first generation and they are a little intimidated perhaps because no one has told them about this, what would you say to them if they are wondering if it's for, for me? Not to worry. Research comes in so many different varieties, so many different flavors. We're happy to think about for any student you know, what is it that you would like to do? What are you interested in? How would you like to work in a particular space by yourself, with others? Are you looking for an indoor out opportunity, an outdoor opportunity? And we're also happy to help at any step in the process. So even just that initial step of, I need to send an email and I'm not sure what to write. Students can always send drafts to myself or to the office to be able to receive edits and comments on it. Or if they just have a spur of the moment question of how do I do this or what does this mean? They can always email, call or drop in. I love that you have the student peer ambassadors there too, because that can be a nice way to break in and not feel like you have to talk to someone and know all the right questions to ask. Thank you so much, Dr. Showalter. Thank you for inviting me.